Welcome to Talking Late Night, where we spotlight top comedians and their late night influences. Here's your host, Max Cantor. Hey everybody and welcome to Talking Late Night. I'm your host, Max Cantor. Now on this episode, I have a pretty, pretty cool guest. Uh, she was a semifinalist on season 9 of NBC's Last Comic Standing. She's opened for comedians such as Amy Schumer and Arsenio Hall and Dave Chappelle. She's traveled all over the United States touring her comedy and has headlined numerous big name clubs. And on top of all that, she's just funny. She's just a pretty funny person. So, without further ado, welcome to the show, Mia Jackson. Welcome to the show, Mia. Hi, thank you. I'm so used to when people go, welcome Mia Jackson, like I wait for applause. So, <laughs> I was like, wait, no one's clapping. Oh, it's a phone call. Interview. <laughs> well, it's actually crazy that I'm uh, interviewing you because, and this episode will be released a couple weeks from now. So right now, it's okay. it, when people are listening to this, it's in the future. Uh, but I actually saw you perform at Relapse Theater on Tuesday of this week. Oh, oh, you were there? Okay. I, I, I was there. I was there. <laughs> And I was sitting in the audience, and Mark went up there. Mark Kendall went up on stage, and he's like, we're very excited, uh, you know, for this next stand-up act. Here she is, Mia Jackson. And I was like, Mia Jackson? And then he walked up on the stage, and I was like, oh, oh, snap. So then um, once you were gone, I didn't get a chance to say hello to you, but I'm like, that is so funny that – that is so, yeah, you should have found me. I was, I was still there. I just was upstairs in, um, oh. in late Larry's comedy class. Oh, yeah. okay. Man, I thought you had left. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I was still there. It, <laughs> it was such a weird coincidence. Like, it was so random. Uh, but it was. Because well, you know what? I was going for her class, and then the Red Peel players were like, oh, do you want to come do a spot? And I'm like, wait, I'm here, so okay. Right, man, it was it was crazy. I've never yeah. had that happen before, and especially considering that I was interviewing you like in just a day or two days later, it was the weirdest yeah. thing. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, that was a weird coincidence. <laughs> but to jump, to jump, what a cool one. right? It was. It, I agree. It was. It was very cool. But to jump in uh, to the interview, to ask you right off the bat, growing up, uh, what late night shows influenced you and your comedy? Now, are we talking straight up just, like, late-night talk shows? Are we talking about, like, late-night, like, Saturday Night Live kind of stuff? Or we, just straight-up late-night? We are talking whatever late-night means to you. Uh, what what influenced you? So when I say late-night, what comes to your mind? Well, I, I don't know if it was an influence so much as one of the, the earliest shows that I remember watching as a kid. Like, I really, I remember watching The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. <laughs> really? I mean, and I, yeah, like, and I don't really know if it, like, I don't, I don't know if it influenced my comedy, but I, I, but I did know that I liked the funny segments. Like, I still remember, like, when they would do, like, you know, fake toys for Christmas kind of thing. I don't know what the bit was called or the gag. I'm not sure they called it, but, like, just when they would make up these really silly, you know, toys. And I just remember as a kid being like, oh, my God, that's so funny, you know. Right. I, didn't, I didn't really watch it for the interviews or for the... <laughs> monologues, but I used to like those segments. I just thought it was, you know, kind of fun and, you know, silly. And then, um, and then I guess, I mean, not like a late night talk show, but like I was always a huge fan of, of Saturday Night Live, you know, just it's like that. And I remember, 
you know, my folks actually letting me stay up and watch it. And I probably shouldn't have been watching it, but, um, <laughs> you know, that was <laughs> that was one of the things I liked. And then, like, years later, I mean, the Arsenio Hall show, because, I mean, as a, you know, I mean, as a black kid growing up, and then you see, like, oh, wow, like, oh, I've never seen a black person host a late night talk show. So <laughs> it was just super cool, and it was it was different, and... I still remember, like, the, the battle, like, with the, it's Arsenio versus Jay Leno and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was just really interesting to see late night done and, like, oh, this is done in a way that it's like, oh, we're going to have hip-hop and we'll have R&B. And, you know, so people that you would normally see on late night, you got to see on his show. Right. So, so, so you liked all I these shows for, like, the bits and the sketches that they were doing. Yeah, I mean, and, and I did like Arsenio Hall's monologue. Like, that, you know, I would, I, I would, I remember, you know, just some of the things. Like, I still remember a joke that he said, and he said something like, you know, some people, I can't remember exactly what it was, but something like, some people thought Iran was the past tense of Iraq, or vice versa, or something. I was like, that's so hilarious. You uh-huh. know? <laughs> you know, so, so I remember jokes from, from his monologue, because, you know, I would, I would stay and watch that from the beginning to the end, because... It might be somebody who's like, oh, well, my favorite group is going to be on here later or, you know, somebody that I just saw in a movie or a TV show. Right. So did you ever try to replicate what they were doing on TV? You know, I think just really just the standing up and, 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 and talking part. And, and I like I do remember, you know, for the monologue that I did watch, like I remember, you know, just things always seeming so fresh and, you know, and the content always like, this is so this is so in the now. They're talking about things that happened this week, and this is all current, you know. And so, or when they would do, like, little silly jokes and stuff like that, where I'd be like, oh, my God, that's so clever and so funny. And, and I think those are the things that, like, I just appreciated the intelligence in a lot of the material. And so I think that was the kind of stuff that if I try to do anything in my set, it's that type of stuff. Like, oh, that joke is a... Not that I'm purposely going, I want this joke to be a smart joke, but like I, I just appreciate like something that's, that's clever. So mm. I think I try to do that. When yeah. was when thinking back to like your childhood, your teenage years, when was the moment when you realized, oh, I'm pretty funny? <laughs> you know, I, um, as a kid, it was more, you know, just silly, but like I remember probably when I was in middle school and, um, Whatever the first iteration of, of, I don't think it was Comedy Central at the time, or it might have just become Comedy Central, but I remember they would put a lot of stand-up shows on, and um, my cousin and I would watch them and then call each other and try to repeat the jokes back and forth. Like, I saw this guy that said this, or I saw this person that said this, and blah, 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 did you see this joke? And, you know, and then we would realize, like, oh, I'm like, oh, we're making each other laugh. And then I remember when Def Comedy Jam came out, and, like, I think when I really started thinking I was funny was when I was a freshman in high school because I was a uh, band uh, band geek and uh, we would be on the band bus repeating, you know, people like, did you see this person? And I remember telling a joke of somebody, you know, as we're all kind of going around. I mean, not like, I, and I say this to be like, I'm not stealing material. We're just repeating like, oh, did you see this person? <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and so I, I did someone's joke and then another person does another person's joke. We kind of go around in a circle. And my one friend, she's like, well, well, how come when I say it, she was like, nobody laughs. Like, nobody ever laughs. She was like, they always laugh when you repeat the joke. And I just remember at 14 going, it's because I have better comedic timing. 
And um, and I'm, you know, like, what do I know about comedic timing? So that's when I started going, like, oh, and I remember other people saying to me, like, oh, she's funny. Like, she's a, she, oh, she's, oh, you think, oh, you got jokes. You funny, you know. And that's when I started going, hmm, maybe I am funny. Maybe I am. With, with all these people telling you that you're funny and that you're silly, when when you are 14 years old, are you like, okay, I'm gonna be a comedian, or were that was like the very back of your mind? Oh, uh, you know what? Not at all. I didn't even think that it was a career. Like I just, I mean, like it just the concept of it just didn't didn't even cross my mind. It was just like, oh, well, I'm a funny person, but you know what? I want to be a dentist. You know, like oh, I'm a funny person, but oh, you know what? I think I want to go be a I want to be a lawyer. I want to be like those are the you know that was the kind of stuff that I was 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 thinking about then like it didn't even it didn't even dawn on me like oh those are people's jobs <laughs> like that's their job mm-hmm, right <laughs> that person they're working right now yeah so it didn't even yeah at that time like didn't even think about it <laughs> so for you when was the moment where you were like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna try this out I'm gonna try to be a professional comedian. So that happened, um, so I rem- it was some interview I'd read or something I'd seen somewhere where, um, what was it? It was like, because um, I always heard about, you know, the, what was it, um, Harvard and the National Lampoon and all this stuff, and then I remember it was some article about how Chris Rock wanted to start something like that at Howard, you know, which is a um, historically black college mm-hmm. and university. And so, and I, and I remember thinking, I was like, oh, like they're going to do a version of it there. But whatever this interview was, like, I remember reading about that. And then later on, he was like, oh, you know, for people who out there, was like some interview where he's like, if you want to be a comedian, he's like, you know, you have to write. Like, you have to write all the time. And you get up and perform, but you got to write. You got to write. And I'm like, oh. So that's what people are doing. You gotta write, <laughs> you know. And so, and so I started just keeping a comedy notebook then, and still didn't have any idea of how or or when I would get on stage. But I kind of started telling people in my life, like, oh, you know, I saw this Chris Rock interview, and he was saying he would be a comedian. You just need to have a notebook all the time. And you gotta write. And you gotta do this and blah blah blah. And then maybe about a year after that point when I was just taking notes and never planning on getting on stage, um, I was living in Athens, Georgia at the time because I graduated from University of Georgia. So um, I there was a, a newspaper there called The Flagpole, and they would have all these different events and stuff, you know, and I saw one for an open mic, and I, that's when I showed up at the open mic just to watch. And then the comics there were like, oh, you should come back next week. And so that's how I first got on stage and started going, oh, this is how this thing happened. Okay. So, oh, this is how the process So your first like like experience when it comes to live comedy was stand up, but did you ever try to participate in like improv or sketch writing or other types of comedy other than stand up? Um, at the very beginning I, I remember like because people knew at the job that I had that I did, you know, that I or that I was doing stand up and I just remember some of them going, oh, you know, I know this person in my department that they do improv. And then, like, I got invited to, um, like, it was some some girl had done it in college, and then she was working, and she wanted to start improv again, and she didn't really know anybody in town. And so I kind of, you know, I first went there, sort of kind of tried to, you know, get involved in the improv, but honestly, the girl was kind of mean. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, she, and she basically kept 
she kept dissing stand up, but she kept going like you know because everybody always talks about that eternal battle between you know improv and stand up. But like this girl was really you know she's like I mean I just don't I just don't understand how you have scripted things in your head and that's just and like so she just made it not fun mm-hmm. for me and then one of my good friends at the time who was a stand up who had started an improv and he was really good and he still does it to this day like when I told him about that experience he was like oh no 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 that should that should have never happened he was like that should have he was like that's not how improv is he was like that just sounds like a really mean awful person and so so um so so I I tried you know so I tried a little bit at first and then like sometimes periodically throughout comedy like I would you know like take classes here and there like I did do some improv classes before and other improv slash acting classes and then um um I took a sketch writing class later and then at one point some of me and my comedy friends like actually wrote some sketches and 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 filmed them and did like a little web series like before all that stuff was really popular wow okay so So the first time along the way the the first time that you performed stand-up, do you remember how it went for your first time? Uh, yes, I remember because I still have the tape. Um, that's how, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, like I was afraid mm-hmm. and I remember going to the bar and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so nervous, I'm so nervous. I remember the bartender going, oh, you want a shot of something? And he gave me, what is that drug? What's the one drink with the, is it, I can never remember, the, the stuff with the gold flakes at the bottom, whatever that thing is. Huh. Um, <laughs> that, that's the, the gold, is it gold schlager, gold, I can never remember. But whatever it was, that's what the guy gave me. I'm like, I'm going to take a shot of this and get my confidence up. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I, got on stage, and I basically stacked the audience. I mean, I had my friends and family. A lot of them knew I was funny anyway. So I'm like, however this goes, at least I know they'll like it. <laughs> right. You know, they'll, they'll be, you know, and then there's some there's other people here who don't know me, and those people are laughing. So that actually was the thing that um, encouraged me to keep going. But, I mean, I remember it being like a, a fairly decent decent set. You know, in a way, still kind of be like, what am I doing up here? But, <laughs> but it's still turning out okay. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the first joke that you ever wrote? Oh, um, I, I don't remember the first joke. I remember, maybe this is probably close to a first joke, but it was something about, because um, I, I, you know, I, I feel like when I initially decided I was going to do it, that, I was like, you know, it would be a good time to talk about a lot of bad dating stuff that's happened to me. And so I think I wrote some joke about, going out on a date with some guy who was really dumb. I mean, it was a true story, but, like, he was just dumb. And um, and then he, at the time, McDonald's had a meal called the two cheeseburgers meal where you got two cheeseburgers and one fry and one drink. And when he was ordering it, I thought he was ordering for both of us. But he was like, oh, no, no, we're splitting this. And I was like, <laughs> oh, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> so I kind of... That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. I was like, what am I? I mean, because he's like, oh, no, no, I'm like, but you didn't. Oh, I don't even know you well enough to split. Like, you, you do that when you've been dating for a while. You don't just you don't <laughs> right. throw out to share a meal immediately. Right. Like, not, not now. Yeah, it was just so ridiculous. So after you yeah. graduate college, um, 
did you come back to Atlanta? Well, so I actually stayed in Athens for a while. And oh, okay. Then, uh, maybe like, I maybe, so no, I say a while, it might have been two and a half, three years, maybe two and a half years after I graduated. And then, um, and I think around 2004 is when I actually came to Atlanta. Okay. And, and then... Yeah. During that whole time, though, are you're still doing stand up and you're still getting better in Athens? Yeah, yeah, I was, I was, I would go up as much as I could in Athens because it was like a little group of us that did shows there, and then, um, and then, then a lot of times Atlanta comics would come to Athens on the weekends because it was a Saturday night um, spot there, and so a lot of people would come up, and then some of those comics would go, oh. I have a room in Atlanta, or you should come to my spot in Atlanta. And then I started, like, just in the middle of the week. I mean, I would get off work at 5 and have my stuff ready in the car, would drive down, and then I would drive back after my, um, I would drive back after my set and go to work in the morning, and I was never on time, ever. (laughs) (laughs) So what was the moment for you when you realized, you know, you realized, oh, I'm good at this, and I can definitely make a career out of this. You know, I don't, I, I don't know if I've ever had that moment. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think I still question it every day. Like, what am I doing? How did this happen? But I would probably say when I went full time, which was actually um, almost four years ago, mm-hmm. and um, that that that's kind of when it became, oh. Uh oh wow. Um <laughs> Oh, this is oh now oh now I have to make a career out of it. I mean like not that I didn't think it was possible before, but it was oh you you have no choice now. So <laughs> yeah. that, that that's what it became. Oh, this is gonna be your career. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it's your career now. This is your job. So talk a little bit about uh last comic standing and how did you become a part of that show? So, actually, all in the same year of when I, um, my, my, so I was a, at a, a job, and um, it just so happened that we started to hate each other around the same time, <laughs> and um, my job was pretty much like, hey, we think you should leave, and I was like, I think I should leave, too, and so, um, yeah, so that's how I, um, you know, left the job, but then... Maybe if that was in April of 2014, by September, the auditions, you know, people, we started hearing like, oh, they're auditioning for Last Comic Standing. And then um, the punchline put me on the audition and I went and did my set. And then I got the call back that I had made the show. And then so we were like, we're going to tape in spring of 2015. And that's how it all, all started. So like, so yeah, so the same year that I, was out of the day job that fall boom you know i'm i'm auditioning and and found out i'm on the show so it was just kind of interesting where um you know where like by the time the show taped it was like wow a year ago this time i didn't know what i was gonna do at all you know i didn't know if this was gonna work and i'm on nbc like this is amazing right Yeah, that is crazy yeah. how, you know, you you left one thing, but then you gained something even bigger. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, it was a... And then I would get messages from people that I worked with where they'd be like, 
oh, wow, like, these, like, wow, like, things really worked out for you. Because a lot of them weren't aware that I did stand up, but mm-hmm. um, they they kind of thought, like, oh, well, you know, she still works here, so we know it's kind of a hobby and it's kind of this, it's kind of that. But, like, you know, they, they didn't realize that obviously the entire time I've been working, I've still been putting in work, you know, like I was still – tried to do I was still doing stand-up but just on the side it was just like oh well now I have all the time in the world to devote to it right yeah for sure on the show were were the other comedians supportive like did they all help each other yeah you know what it was actually a really good environment like um I mean it, it, it didn't remind me of like you know when you hear about all the horror stories of um a lot of reality shows because you know, the people that produced the show, they wanted it to be a good experience, and that's what they told us. And so, um, and, I mean, I, I, and especially in comparison to, you know, what the the seasons, I would probably say, like, you know, the first four or five seasons of the show, like, that's where I would hear, like, comics I knew that had been on the show, like, oh, my God, it was this, it was bad, it was painful, it was, you know, it was mean, we had to do all this stuff. But, like I said, my season, they were like, listen, we want you guys to look good. We want this to be positive for you. You know, that that's what we wanted. I think that kind of helped with the whole thing in general. But, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't remember anybody being like, I hope you fail. You know, it was, you know everybody kind of like, we all just like, we all know we're nervous. We all know we're all scared and freaked out. And, you know, while we were in L.A., you know, if, you know, as people were trying to run their sets to see if they could practice, like, you know, it was, you know, just different comments like, oh, are you going to go up somewhere? Like, okay, well, can I get a spot on that show where you're going up? Okay, well, I'm going to go, you know, so we were, you know, people were trying to help each other get spots, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, and, but, but I mean, everybody, I, I know for the most part, everybody's kind of in their own head too. So it wasn't a lot of like, hey, I'm going to give you a tag or I'm going to help you rewrite a joke, but it was just more like, all right, I'm not going to be mean and say terrible things to you while we're all in the same situation. Mm hmm. Well, that's good. I'm glad because, yeah. like, I know a lot of reality TV shows try to go all out to create drama and create that tension. But that's good to hear that the producers of Last Comic Standing wanted to create that welcoming and supportive environment. Yeah, yeah. They Because they were like, hey, we're not doing the house this year. You know, we're not going to have anybody doing any crazy challenges. We just want you to come out and be funny. Like, that's, that's what we want to do with this show. And so... It was like, okay, cool. Like, that takes some pressure off. Like, that makes this, like, all right. Like, they, they want us to do well. So, it, you know, it made you want to do well because you knew that they weren't they weren't trying to make you look bad. Right. So. And then, I mean, and then the show becomes truly about the funny and the comedy rather than all the stupid stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there was no, you know, I'm going to go have a sidebar and, you know, sit off in the in the in the um you know in the confessional room and be like you know, right. oh my God, I cannot believe she said you know like it just none of that none of that existed. <laughs> right, totally true. So I also know I also know that you got to perform um with Amy Schumer and like I said in the introduction, you got to open for not only Amy Schumer but Dave Chappelle and Arsenio Hall. So when you open for comedians that are these big name people, what is that like? <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where I'm, I, I just sometimes go, wow, I cannot believe that this is happening right now. I cannot believe, you know, that 
like, like wow. Because like I, I met Amy back when she was um, still like you know like working in the clubs, and so that was when I first first met her. And um, you know, and you know back then it was all oh, you know like I you know I knew of her from last time at standing, and then, you know later on it was like oh man she's at Cobb Energy Center and I get to do the show at Cobb or. She's at the Phillips Arena. I get to do a show with her at Phillips Arena. Like, this is crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, with Arsenio Hall, it was like, man, like, I grew up watching this show. And and, huh. and then the cool thing about that um, is that he actually likes to have women comics open for him. So huh. he'll, you know, whatever club he works, he'll, you know, he'll, um, you know, ask, I guess, about whoever's in the area, that type of thing. And so, um the when I worked with him it was at Zany's in Nashville, and so one of the cool things about that is that when we were backstage talking, he was like, "Oh, well, yeah, you know, they recommended you," and he said, and then I saw that you had been on Last Comic Standing, and then he was like, "You know, and I talked to Roseanne and blah 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 blah." So I was like, "Okay, yeah, she's solid," and I'm like, "Oh wow, Last Comic Standing helped me secure this gig," <laughs> you know. So it was just kind of a cool, fun thing to you know to happen. But yeah, but it was just cool to be like, man, I grew up watching this guy, you know, and when I got to do the show with Chappelle, it was like, you know, man, this is my boyfriend's favorite comic, and I get to open up in front, you know, for, I get to go back and tell him, like, guess who I'm, I still remember calling him going, yeah, guess who I'm opening for tonight, and he's like, oh, I don't know who, and he was like, shut up, like, shut <laughs> like, are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so. that because when you when when you told me at the beginning of the show that you watched Arsenio Hall like growing up, and then I I had researched you and I found out that you got to open for him, I was like, that must have been the coolest experience ever seeing someone <laughs> who you've yeah. grown up watching, who you like admire, who you look up to, and then you're like sitting in the same room as them and they're laughing at the jokes you're telling. That must be yeah. the greatest feeling. Oh yeah, I mean it was. Yeah, and then he was so nice, and, like, um, it was so funny because a friend of mine who was a comic, she said it was, it was, he's, he, Arsenio Hall was her husband's favorite comedian, and so when they got married, someone else she knew had gotten a signed headshot from, um, or she got a signed headshot from him to give to her husband, and so by this point, they've been married, like, five or six years, and she goes, I, you know, can I ask you a huge favor? She's like, would you ask? if I could get a new updated headshot, you know, headshot, especially now, you know, we're married, we got a kid. I asked him, and then I, as I'm recounting the story, he was like, I remember signing a person's headshot for their wedding gift. And he goes, oh, my God, you know them? And he's like, yeah, absolutely, I'll sign this. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, so just a cool guy. Like, it was a cool, you know, just a nice, really nice guy. So I thought that was great. That is that is really cool, actually. That's a really cool story. Yeah. Um, so tell yeah. me, when you're performing with like these big name people, what goes on behind the scenes at a huge comedy store? Like when Amy Schumer comes, <laughs> when Amy Schumer comes to Phillips Arena, what is happening while while the audience is sitting out there? They're eating their popcorn. They're waiting for stuff to happening. Uh, what, what what are you guys doing? What's happening backstage? Just talking and just kind of hanging out, like um. You know, it would like before I did the show, I get an email where they go, "Oh, hey, you know, what do you um, what um, what do you want in your green room?" And I was like, "Huh? Yeah. What? 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 Do I want? Do I? What do I want in the green?" Uh, they're like, "You know, do you want wine? Do you want? Do you want a certain kind of snack?" And I'm like, 
Are you, like, did you mean to send this to me? Like, <laughs> is this message supposed to be mine? <laughs> you know, and so, um, you know, and so it was, so I had my own green room and everybody on the show had their own green room. And then there was the, you know, the, the room for like the, I guess basically like the craft services for all of the, you know, technical people and all that stuff. So people were just hanging out, walking around and talking. It was just super chill. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like a, a you know, it wasn't like a, you know, a weekend at a comedy club where it might be a showcase show and it's a, you know, 15 different comics coming in and out of the room or even on like a regular weekend at a comedy club with the MC in the middle and a, and a headliner, like even, it wasn't even like that. It, Cause like, you know, you still, even if I work somewhere and if I'm middling or if I'm headlining, I still might see, Oh, well I'm working in this town. So some of my friends are going to drop by right. or different comics might want to come hang out. But it was like, no, it's just the people that are on the show and, and the and the and the um and the tech people and that's it <laughs> yeah. you know so yeah those was really like that really chill just a real real chill environment so so nothing nothing crazy so now to talk about you a little bit and your stand up um I noticed because like I said I got to see you perform a little bit but you were trying out new material um so a lot of a lot of the stand-up that you do is it more storytelling and personal experiences or do you like to do like one-liner jokes whether it's set up punchline set up punchline now it's it's more storytelling and personal experiences and then I sometimes will take some of those personal experiences and then turn them into a um turn them into a to a joke. Mm. <laughs> so, and so how how often? Oh, okay. How often do you write? What's your writing process? Um, the writing process for me is like every once in a while I'll do that thing where I will straight up like you know down somewhere and go, I'm going to sit here and write. But sometimes it's harder for me to go, oh, I'm going to come up with something out of thin air. But um, usually if there's something going on, you know, I'll try to comment on something that's going on. If there's, um, you know, if something happened to me, like, you know, the joke that I was doing the other night about the Uber, Uber driver and, yeah. and all that. I mean, you know, like that just happened last Friday, last Thursday oh, or Friday. Oh, wow, wow. And yeah, yeah, and it was such a silly thing to where I'm like, you know what, I know people talk about being in an Uber. You know, I, I know that people, you know, my Uber driver says this, my Lyft driver says this, like, I mean, I, I, and I get that, you know, I, I, I know that, but this was just something where I'm like, this one is a weird one. This is a, <laughs> I've never had somebody just say this before. This is strange. Right. So, um. Wow, so that was literally like a five-day turnaround from the experience to the testing out the material. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. That's that's cool though. Now I'm like I think that's pretty cool that I got to see the literal first time that that happened. Yeah. Wait, that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. So yeah. when you do. <laughs> Like, I know at the show that I saw, you were trying out new material, and you recorded your set. So when you record the set, what do you listen for when you listen back to it? I, 
I'm, you know, I'm listening to where people laughed, um, you know, because that's super very important, obviously. And uh, but I'm also just trying to listen to what I said and just to make sure it's because sometimes I, you know, I want to make sure it's sounding conversational. I want to make sure it's sounding like, oh, I'm just, I'm just talking, you know, as opposed to. I am literally repeating what I wrote down in my notebook line for line. Mm. You know, like I want to make sure it sounds natural, you know, that kind of thing. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, so when, when you hear certain segments of your standup where people don't laugh or they, it doesn't get a reaction that you want it to have, how do you tweak it? Mm-hmm. What are your techniques to tweak the material? Well, you know, some of the times, like, and I have to, you know, tell myself, like, oh, you know what, they weren't supposed to laugh at that part because that was a setup. Because, you know, you still get nervous sometimes. You're like, I want people to laugh at everything. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you're like, I want them to laugh at every single thing I'm doing because I'm brilliant and every word that comes out of my mouth is hilarious. (laughs) Right. But, um... But, yeah, but but it's like sometimes I have to tell myself, like, oh, you know what, that that was a setup. They're not supposed to laugh there. Mm-hmm. And then things that that I thought they were supposed to laugh at, I'm like, okay, well, why didn't that work? And especially if I've done something two or three times and I go, okay, well, the first two times I did it, it worked. This time it just didn't come off okay, so do I need to drop it or do I need to run it a couple of more times? Like maybe, you know, because there's sometimes it's stuff where I'm, I'll go, oh, you know what? I actually did not even perform it the same way that I performed it the other two times I actually left out an important piece of information that would have made this joke make more sense. Mm-hmm. So, Oh, I left out a word or, Oh, I actually forgot something. So, you know, just trying to make sure I'm going back and capturing and, you know, like, why didn't this work? And if it wasn't working, did I miss something or was I just, was I rushing or no? Okay. I stepped on something. Oh, all right. I, I, okay, you know, so that that's kind of what I'm going back and just just listening for. Like, ah, you know what? Maybe that word actually doesn't work there. Like, maybe I need a a, a different sound, or maybe I need a, you know, like maybe that word is too far over people's heads. You know, that kind of thing. So right, so you got to get very detailed with it to find the the perfect way, yeah. perfect way to do it. Yeah. Okay. And, it's, and it's annoying, I mean, yeah, but <laughs> but it has to be done. Right, exactly. And then the, the final finished product is the perfection. It's getting that roaring laughter, so it makes it all worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it worked. <laughs> right, the, finally. The I made worked, finally. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, you are a stand-up comedian. I ask all the stand-ups I have on my show this question because I'm very curious about it, and the stories are always fantastic. Um, how? <laughs> so it, it's a it's a two-parter. Um, one, part one, uh, what is your worst heckling story? And part two, how do you deal with hecklers? Uh, let me see, because uh, I've, I've had some over the years. Uh, what, what, I guess, that, that pops up um, is probably really early on in, in comedy, because a, a lot of times I, 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 I sometimes, I think I, I skip a, a few um, things that happen to other people, because, I mean, I'm six foot tall, so, you know, six feet so people are scared um you know sometimes <laughs> so that helps but uh but I mean, you know but i mean i get i'm not gonna people yell and you know say things and but when i first started probably within the first 
two years. And I remember I was in Athens, Georgia, and I was at this bar. And the way the bar was set up, it was an upstairs and a downstairs. Mm -hmm. But when you were walking up the stairs, like, the, there was a restaurant part, then the stairs, then the stage. So, like, people would be coming up the stairs, like, doing your show. And downstairs, they had a band. And you could hear the band while the comedy was going on upstairs. So <laughs> it was very loud. Because, you know, just a, a typical disrespectful place that's like, I don't care if we got comedy upstairs. I'm going to still book my band anyway because we don't care about these comedians. Right. And so um, so I just remember the music was so distracting. to the Like, I could see, you know, I could visibly see people looking around like, like, do they not? Did they just make an accident and book this tonight? Or like. I can't, you know, people, you know, you see them kind of straining to hear, and then there's this woman sitting in the back just screaming, like screaming and yelling at me and like, ugh, like, ugh, because I thought that's what it was, I started singing over the music, I was like, you know what, I can't fight this, I can't even, I can't talk, I'm just going to sing, that's my musical accompaniment, I'm <laughs> singing, and, you know, and she's just like, get off the stage and boo and blah, 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 and it was something she said that just triggered me in some kind of way, and you know how, um, you know how Michael Myers in the Halloween movies, like he has that pause where he just looks, I mean, he's already a, an insane psychopath serial killer, <laughs> but there's that, that pause and that head turns to the side, like right. that's what happens to me. And, I'm, and, then, and in my head, I'm like, I've got to kill this bitch. <laughs> and I, uh, <laughs> and I, <laughs> and I, there were steps on the side of the stage. I jumped over the three steps <laughs> and took off running to the back of the club where the lady was. She was drunk, but fortunately for her and for me, just so probably just to save both of our lives uh, and, and possible assault charges, my friends were at a table right in the middle. So that one of them was like, I saw the look in your eye, and I went, <laughs> oh, no, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> and she, so as I got ready to go, one of my friends grabbed me. And she was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then, like, that kind of shook me out of it where I was like, oh, 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 oh. you know, I was actually going to go fight her. Like, that's what I <laughs> – now, mind you, I haven't fought anybody since I was eight years old. So um, it wasn't going to go well either way. So, um, yeah, and I just – and but then, but because I just couldn't contain myself, and I was also a young comic at the time, just super, super immature – um, I still went to the back anyway and sat like a, a chair away from her uh -huh. to just be like, I see you, I see you, and I know what you did, and I heard you. <laughs> if you say something else, I'm going to say something. You know, that, that, but I, would, I was just sitting there. One of my friends was like, get your ass up and go sit at the other table. Like, just move. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're being insane right now. Like, you are literally an insane person, and you need to get up. <laughs> And so I got up, and later on, somebody was like, you know, that's the older girlfriend. And I was like, what? That's oh, my crazy. God. <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. Oh, that's awful. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so um, I say all that to say, don't fight hecklers. I didn't fight, but don't fight, don't want to fight. I mean, and it's just that thing where, like, now um, – I pretty much, you know, if somebody says something, I'll acknowledge it because a lot of times I realize, you know what, I'm like, 
to get on stage is very difficult. And it's a lot of people who want to get on stage. There's a lot of people who wish they could get on stage. I mean, I talk to people all the time. People say I'm funny. I should be doing stand-up. People, everybody thinks I'm hilarious. I should be telling jokes. And those people would never get on stage. So a lot of times the only way they feel empowered is when they come to the comedy club. Like, I'm the funny guy. I'm the funny girl. I'm going to make a snide remark off to the side and blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to, and that's the, you know, like, that's as bold as it's going to get. Like, they would never get on stage, but basically what they want, they want that same attention. And so sometimes with hecklers, I'll just acknowledge it. Like, hey, like, what'd you just say? Okay. All right. Well, okay. Well, you know, you got what you wanted. So let's, everybody say hello to this person. All right. Now let's move right along. Right. Usually it'll embarrass them enough to where they go, oh, I probably shouldn't say anything else. Okay. Never mind. (laughs) You know, so. Um, yeah, but I just try to keep that in mind. Like this person just wants attention and, and I also have a microphone. So whatever they say, I can out talk them. Even if they, even if they're more clever than me, they clever than me, they out start smart me. I can still yell and just be like, all right, shut up. You know, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, just shut up. Like, get out. Nobody came here to see you. Right. And that'll usually embarrass them as well. Where they're like, oh, you're right. No one. No one, in fact, did come to see it. You are right. 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 Uh, yeah. So I know you are performing tonight at the Laughing Skull, which I think is pretty cool. Um, so I, I, yeah. I only have I have two more questions for you. Okay, two more. Okay. Question number one. Uh-huh. Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite comic? My favorite comic? Oh gosh, let's see. Um, it's so many people. I mean, my. I go with my classic all-time favorite is Chris Rock. Like that's my mm. all-time favorite comic. You know, yeah. uh, I got I saw Chris Rock when he came this past whenever I think it was Ooh. May or April when he came. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> it was phenomenal. Oh, I, uh, listen. I, let me tell you, I actually had the best birthday this year because. Um, Amy actually, um, she was doing a um, uh, like a fundraiser thing, like a show um, for this. This um, it was a, I believe the group was called Safe Harbor, but it was um, I think they had a documentary on Netflix, but it was you know about sexual assault and women who had been um, you know who were survivors and things like that. And the lineup on the show, she's like, oh yeah, I want you to come do this show. Uh, the lineup on the show, Chris Rock was on the show. Um, like Bridget Everett, Judd Apatow. Whoa. Um, some of the girls from Last Comic Stand and AD Bryan and um is it Vanessa Byer or yeah. like she was there. Uh Rachel Feinstein. Uh and I you know like it's Rachel Feinstein. I always say it wrong. I'm the worst. <laughs> but uh Rachel was on there and just all these and I'm like, Oh my god, Chris Rock is on this show <laughs> I'm like, this is and then, like, at the end of the show, because Amy hosted it, and Amy was like, yeah, I wanted all these people on the show, because these are some of my favorite comics, and I wanted them all on my show tonight. And I'm like, oh, 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 all right, well, okay, okay, then. Uh, I was like, how did I get so lucky? So it was really cool to be like, oh, man, I got to be on the same lineup that Chris Rock was on. Like, that's so awesome. That is super so, cool. Yeah, so, so when you met him, did you tell him that he was your favorite comic? No, I was trying to 
trying not to be a weirdo. So um, I was like, you know what? Act like you've been somewhere before. So when he came and sat down, he's like, yeah, he's like, I'm Chris. And I was like, hey, I'm me. He's like, oh, hey, nice to meet you. I'm like, yeah, nice to meet you too. And I'm like, yeah, all right, let me not act like a complete nut job right now. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, that is very so cool. That is very cool. But yeah, I saw him. I saw him. He came to the Fox and I mean, totally blew me away. He is so talented. I, yeah, I mean, just, it's, I mean, just a brilliant man, brilliant comic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, my final yeah. question for you uh, is a question that I ask every single guest. It's how I end every single show. Um, so you're in, you're in good company when I ask you this, but All right. the question is no pressure. You're going to do great. I promise. The question is, <laughs> <laughs> the question is, um, just in case if you were worried, because I built it up so much and I'm continuously building it up, <laughs> it is just getting built up more and more to the point now I'm <laughs> where you're like, you're like, ask me the damn question. We're all sitting here and we're waiting for the question. All right. Um, if, and now I'm going to, I'm going to tell you the question. You're going to be like, that was, that was a waste of my time for this question. Um, but if you were to give one piece of advice to somebody who eventually wants to be in your shoes, what piece of advice would you give them? Oh, let's see. That's a, so, so, so if someone wants, um, you know what, have some patience. <laughs> yeah. that, that, that is the, I mean, I can, I can tell you the technical stuff all day, you know, the right record and go, watch this and go watch that, go read this book and go read it. But, but as a, as a person, you, you need to have patience because I think a lot of people think that this is a, you know, people say it all the time, you know, it's a very cliche thing. Like this is a, you know, people think it's a sprint, you know, and it is it legit is a, it's a marathon. Like, like for me, for example, and I can just tell you from my, like I was a new face this summer at just for laughs and I've been doing comedy a long time, <laughs> you know? So I was like, Wow, it took me ten thousand years to become a new face, you know. But but I, but I also looked at it like you know what it happened when it was supposed to happen. So right. you know what I, I'm not mad about it. So that's I mean the you know main thing is just you know be patient, um, manage your expectations. You know because sometimes you get really excited about certain things, and you know and some people will come and talk a good game, and you're like, oh, my God, all these amazing things are going to happen. And then you're like, wait, I'm not doing anything right now. So, you know, just like I said, manage expectations and just, just like, you got to just be patient and know that, like, things are going to come when they should come. And then, you know, just put in the work so that those things can happen. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. That is – I. I yeah. couldn't agree more. Patience was important, and you did a good job executing patience <laughs> as I built up that question uh, for no reason. For no reason at all. <laughs> uh, it was good, though. It was good. Okay, good, good, good. I'm glad my question satisfied <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, but now, Mia, for anybody who's listening to the show, how can people either see you perform in person or maybe find out a little bit more about you? So, um, I, <clears throat> excuse me, first of all, guys, if you want to know one thing about me, I have terrible allergies, so <laughs> I'm coughing. Um, but, um, but otherwise, if you want to find out, so I gave you a little, that's not in my bio, so I gave you some extra info. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I have a website, it's, it's miajackson.com, it probably needs to be updated, but my website exists. Um, miajackson.com, I'm on 
you know, social media. I'm on Instagram and Twitter, at Mia Comedy. I'm on Facebook. Just like if you find my personal page, it's Mia Jackson. But if you go to my fan page, it's Comedian Mia Jackson. <laughs> so that's how I can be found out in the streets. All right. So, well, perfect. I, that's it. Look, I can tell you, I and to anyone listening, I highly encourage you to go check me out because she is very funny. Very, very funny. Oh, thank you. Very funny. You were making me laugh. <laughs> At relapse, <laughs> I, man, the stories that you told, because for me personally, like I like storyteller comedians and their personal experiences and when they get up on stage and I get to learn about them and their life. And you let me into your life and it was awesome. So I loved it. Oh. Okay, so that makes me feel good. It's working. It's working. <laughs> That's right. It's definitely working. <laughs> and, and thank you again for being on the show. I really do appreciate it, and I'm glad I got to talk to you. Oh, yeah, thank you for having me. It was fun, so thank you. Now, to anybody listening, remember you can find us on our Facebook page at Talking Late Night. You can also visit us at our website at www.talkinglatenight.com. And you can also find us on iTunes where you can rate and leave us a review. So thanks again to Mia Jackson for being on the show. I hope her allergies get better. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. (laughs) 